Okay. Here we are. today. My son is here, <laughs> Cowboy Donnie. Before we do that, I'm going to do this little thing for you. I'm a big fan of Hank Williams. Hank Williams had the unique ability to take the simplest country lyrics, the simplest lyrics, and tug at your heart. Here's what I consider a little piece of the greatest Hank Williams song he wrote. That's my opinion, and we know what opinions are like. Here we go, we're gonna do this little thing here called uh, a tea in my beer, Hank Williams. Oh. I got a tear in my beer, that's it. I'm crying for you, dear. Crying for you, dear. 
Dressed just like his dad had uh, matching outfits, hat just like mine, boots and everything. We traveled all over the country. Um, his first professional job was me. He was three years old at the Portland Oregon Blues Festival in Portland. We ended up doing the uh, uh, Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, 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 Monterey, and just a ton of blues festivals. On this particular festival, his first job, he bang on his little guitar. He was three years old. He sang his butt off on the stage and when he got through, a dozen people were following us around the fairgrounds going, hey, 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 hey. And I'm going, what's up? They go, we want his autograph. We want Cowboy down his autograph. I said, get out of here. The kid can't write. Okay? <laughs> Wait, give him a time. But anyway, uh, without further ado, here's my son, Donnie. <laughs> hey, hey y'all. It's a pleasure to be here with you kind of folks. It's a pleasure to be here with my dad, of course. Uh, Cowboy Donnie's still here. May not have the hat. I don't know if the boots still fit, but uh, always Cowboy Donnie, always. Yeah. The, uh, before we get into this thing here, I didn't want to get into politics. As I said, I was going to avoid that train as much as I could. But with the Ukrainian and Russian thing, it's, it's almost impossible not to. But before we dive in, into that, since I got Donnie here, uh, I'd like for Donnie to do a song. When, when he was oh, five years old, Donnie came, came and he said to me, Dad, I'm a little upset. This, this was the way he talked when, when he was a kid. He would actually come up to me and say, Dad, I'm a little upset, okay? Um, I said, what? He said, well, I was having a dream last night. He had spent the night over at his mom's house. And he said, I was having a dream last night. And in the dream, it was me, you, Wild Bill Hickok, and Gene Autry. These were his heroes when he was a kid. And I said, well, son, you're in good company. I said, but what's the problem? He said, well, Dad, we was on our way to Texas. We was riding hard, all four of us. We was riding hard. We was going to try to go get these bad guys in Texas. And he said, as soon as we got to cross the Texas border, Mom woke me up, and I couldn't get to Texas. He says, and that made me upset. And I looked at him, and I said, son, you don't know it, but I'm going to tell you what. You just got a song. That sounds like a song to me. So I, I, I wrote this song for him, and it was on his second release. He released his first CD when he was three, and he released his second one about five or six or something like that. 
and it was called A Dream of Texas. And we're going to do it for you. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Okay. Give me just one minute. Here we go. Turn it up. Had a dream the other night. The moon and stars were very bright. Emma Palomino pony was moving all so right. Texas. I said there's cattle to be driven and bronze to be broken and still need time to chase the outlaw band. Hey, there's fences barely standing and cats ain't branded. So mama, don't you wake me from this dream. Do not shake me. Mama, don't you wake me before I get to Texas. To Texas. On and on. Hey, on. And up, up, road. Through rainstorms and dusty roads. And my Palomino Pone never broke its stride. situation of the Russian and the Ukrainian situation. Now, I'm an old fart, and you're a young fart. Young <laughs> poop, we say. Okay. Um, how aware of the, of the uh, is your generation of how serious this thing actually is? Here? Well, you know, Dad, I'd say we're very aware. Um, first, I'd like to say, uh, point out the fact, we all know, this is the first time a war has ever been fought in this nature. This is the first time a war has ever been fought 
in plain view of everybody from the ground. You know, you go online, you could see, you could even talk to people in Ukraine that are going through this on a daily basis and live, and we've never been like that before. You know, you see on the newspapers, you read it on the, the newspapers, you see it on TV, you hear it on the radio back in the day, but this is the first time that pure, unadulterated images, live, directly from the battlefield field, has happened like this in any major conflict uh, that I ever know of, you know? Um, and some of those images are really quite disturbing. But yeah, I would say my generation is definitely aware of what's going on there. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I say that the war is televised. Yes. The broadcasted. You know, I, I've never been a fan of the technology. You know, you know how I come kicking and screaming into the modern world. Uh, I was like that as a young person. I didn't want to stop plowing my muse in the fields to get a tractor. I thought, you know, the old ways are the best ways. But anyway, technology, what I got to say about it is it's a wonderful thing. That cell phone, that cell phone has changed the trajectory of so much here, here in America because the cell phones captures what is actually going on at that minute. And it's very hard to dispute it. Um, it was uh, the main catalyst for some of the injustice movements that have been going on, on in America. The cell phone is responsible for it. Yeah. No longer do things like this happen in the dark, whether it's foreign or domestic, you know. Yes. There's always going to be somebody with their with a cell phone. phone. Exactly. And you can't, uh, you can't argue with the images of a cell phone because they're happening right now. Uh, what I, what, I, what I would like to say is that after World War I, the whole world, it was almost like the roaring 20s again. The whole world was celebrating because we were, everybody said there will never be another war like that. And World War II came right on its heels. And we were getting ready to set up a pattern that was back hundreds and thousands of years ago when People just ran across the earth, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take over the world. I just ran across the earth and did all this stuff. Yeah. Hitler being one of the last ones of them, okay? But then we formed this thing called the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, I think it's called, NATO. And NATO was set up to keep some little despot or some little tyrant from jumping up one day and go, <laughs> I'm taking over the world. Woo let's go. Yeah. Um, NATO says, hey, no, can't do that anymore, okay? Uh, and NATO has basically, although we have had wars, you know, there have been skirmishes around the world, but NATO has basically kept us from having a world war for at least 80 years now or something. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the reason that was very disturbing for me when we had American politicians here in America saying that NATO was outdated and needed and was even considered pulling out of NATO and yeah. doing all that crazy stuff. And I'm saying to myself, who would that benefit? It doesn't benefit democracy. It benefits uh, the autocratic uh, governments. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's a section of our government that is, is uh, enamored with authoritarian governments anyway. But, but anyway, we won't get into that. The, uh, the thing now is that the whole world is... United. Yeah. United with Ukraine. Yeah, there is a vote in the UN to condemn Ukraine 
was 131 votes to four who abstained. That is unprecedented amount of unanimous support for yeah, something yeah. like this happening. Unprecedented. Yeah. Um, I just really think it goes to show that despite us not having U.S. boots, NATO boots on the ground, which could lead to things that are really... It could lead to a chain of events that we, as humanity, could not come back from, potentially. I just think it shows how united the world is and uh, trying their best to make sure that, that democracy holds true, that sovereign countries, no matter how big or how small, or used to be part of what union or is in proximity to what other large authoritarian government is allowed to stay true. And I hope it gives confidence to nations like Taiwan, nations like a lot of our other Eastern European nations that are really scared right now that, you know, we do stand by the best that we can. And uh, we're not just centered on the U.S. here. Yes. You know, we're not just centered in the West. We want to make sure everybody has a chance to experience democracy that we're so lucky to have here in this country. Um, I, I, of course, I wish we could be doing more. I wish we could have boots on the ground. Um, I wish that it wasn't the case that, you know, the reality of it, there's weapons in this world that can end the world, you know, uh, and we have to tread a little lightly, especially with a government that has a history of using really brutal tactics and uh, isn't necessarily against the idea of using a small localized version of those, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Um, and so that's something we have to keep into account. Um, but I think we're doing a great job. Those sanctions, uh, today's Wednesday, March 9th, on the 7th, I believe, Monday, uh, we decided we're not going to take any more Russian oil. Um, and the U.S. is the largest purchaser of oil up until then. Now, a lot of people, citizens and political figures, are against something like that. They're saying, oh, it's going to ruin our economy. We're going to be paying 10 bucks a dollar for gas. But that's a small sacrifice compared to what those folks in Ukraine are doing. I mean, I am so proud of the patriotism and bravery that I've, I've seen from those folks. Uh, and I really think these sanctions are necessary. I think they're, they are strong, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think there's no, there's better ways to show support, but without causing a third world war, I think this is a, a really strong way to show that uh, we won't stand for people, the authoritarian governments, Putin specifically, uh, inflicting his will upon sovereign nations that have no interest in joining his country. Um, and... I am proud to be an American, and those Ukrainians are making me proud to be a part of a democracy. And to see them fight like that, a beautiful thing, especially Zelensky, man. He had the option to run, uh, you know, go somewhere that's more safe. And didn't you hear uh, somebody say something about, you know, if he was Zelensky, oh, I would have gotten out of there. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think one of our politicians, I think, they on, the, on one of those programs on TV, The View, uh, the former... Uh, press secretary for the uh, last administration said that uh, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna speak speak the name, but uh, said that uh, if he were president, he would be in hiding and not out trying to fight for his country like the uh, Ukrainian president is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I can understand that, but you know you know if you're uh, if if that's how you feel, you know that, that's okay. But the thing is that I'm so proud of is the Ukrainians remind me of the Kurds. They're fighters. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Their whole history says that they are fighters. Uh, Mr. Putin has gotten himself into a, a big mess. He didn't think he had to go in anyway. Yeah. I think he did it all as a bluff. He expected concessions from the West, which is what happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, many people criticize Joe Biden. This shouldn't be a... a Bipartisan. Bi this shouldn't be a, yeah, yeah, a Republican or Democratic subject in the first place. This is about freedom, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. Um, but people criticized Joe Biden, but he did not uh, uh, cower to mm -hmm. Putin like some of our other politicians have done repeatedly. Yeah. Um, he he you know, stood up to him like America's supposed to stand up for freedom. And the Ukrainians, their, their fortitude, their, their love of their country, and I, I've heard them say, we are not scared. We are angry, and that's and that's I can, I I can understand that. You know you know what I mean. They are angry. This this is their country. I don't care what happened in the past or what the history is. We set rules for the modern world to keep us from having people just running over uh, countries who yeah. are weaker. Yeah. Uh, and these rules are set up, these are the moderate rules for the modern world. And for the first time in any war, World War One, World War Two, Sweden and Switzerland set it out. They were neutral. And the fact that they are, have come out of their neutrality for this, that says a whole bunch of right there. Um, Whichever way that this thing goes, I think Mr. Putin has found himself in a, uh, he'll be in a quagmire that he can't get out of one way or another. He can't hold Ukraine. The Ukrainians are not going to stop fighting. Yeah. And I if saw the entire report. world is supporting them, then, uh, you know, there is, there is no win for him in, in this situation. And Americans who are complaining about the gas at the pumps, I stand with the Ukrainians. I'm not afraid. I'm angry. And if all I have to do to express my anger is pay higher prices, I'll do it in a heartbeat. And I think all Americans should, should do that. The, these other powers are hoping that we as Americans are so soft that at some point we're going to go, well, I'm paying too much money and blah, blah. But these, these things go beyond that. And we all have to suffer with the Ukrainian people. That's where I stand with this. Yep. Some of you out there who who follow uh, some of the other people who are saying what, what a genius he is and what a strong man he is and blah, 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 blah. It, it's very interesting. People who criticize America, sometimes I don't, I don't understand you. Yeah, I'd like to speak on that a little yeah. bit. A lot of people are trying to compare what's going on right now in uh, Eastern Europe, terrible thing, to uh, what happened in the Middle East in the early 2000s. Let me remind you that Colin Powell, after uh, September 2011, one before, excuse me, one before the UN and pleaded his case why we needed to go over that. Uh, now, <clears throat> things that happened in there, you can have one opinion on over the other, but in the international law sense, he went through the proper channels. He went through the proper channels, exactly. It's very different than what happened here. What's happening here is they're already starting to collect uh, evidence of war crimes in Ukraine. Um, you know, this was not through the proper channels. This was one country exerting their will over another. Um, now, again, so proud of what's going on there. Uh, those people are really, really rallying behind their, 
their leader Zelensky and just their intense form of patriotism that they're really displaying. Um, now, of course, you know, if Russia continues down this line, there's just overwhelming forces. If he really attributes all of them to this cause, eventually, more than likely, it will be the case. But something that I saw recently, uh, I saw a report, if Russia were to take Ukraine, especially with the way that the West is supporting those folks, it would take about 500,000 standing arms between politicians and military leaders to completely overhaul that government. I mean, Ukraine's a country of 40 million people. That's the size of California. California's a big, big state, and Ukraine's a, a large nation full of really, really strong folks, man. Um, and that's a scary thing. And that's a scary thing. Russia, Putin specifically not having too many ways out, um, that can apply a lot of pressure. But hopefully he takes one of these off-ramps, right? The Donbass, keeping those two states saying, hey, you know, this is going to be part of Russia, Ukraine could be sovereign. There's a lot of ways that this ends, but the, so far, two, two weeks or so into this invasion, I'm seeing good things. Uh, I'm seeing an incredible resolve, again, from the Ukrainian folks. And I'm seeing a, something that builds a lot of confidence in me, which is seeing this international almost unanimous support for and condemnation of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. You know, it's an interesting thing. People criticize the United States and, uh... And hey, to be fair, in my opinion, there are some things that need to be criticized. Oh, 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 that's what patriotism oh, is. Oh, yes, but remember what, what we said. Uh, I heard you said the last time we did this, you, you mentioned it. I used to tell you that when you were little. There's this story about Ben Franklin. Mm -hmm. You know, Ben Franklin said after he looked at everything that was set up by the founding fathers, he looked at the whole thing, and Uncle Ben was a very eccentric character, if you know anything about him. He, he had his hands in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But he, uh, he looked at it and he said, what we have here, and I'm paraphrasing, is the worst possible sense of government, except for all the other systems of government. Exactly. And that's still true to this day. That's the truth. We, we have our problems, we have our stuff, but we are still better than any other system of government anywhere on the face of the earth. And people who criticize America, look at Putin's Russia. We were just in the streets marching, people marched for rallies. We even have Nazis marching in, in the streets of America. Okay, okay doing, doing their rallies, yep. they, they have the right to. Um, but what's happening in Russia now? Thousands upon thousands uh, if, of people are being arrested for doing that exact same if thing. If you're arrested, he says, eight years in prison just for just for protesting against his government. And if you are found of organizing the, the thing, it's 16 years in, in prison. Um, here in America, we would never have something like that. Nope. You know? so, so, so let's put everything in context. We do have uh, faults. But f democracy, there is no comparison between democracy and someone who, if you run against him, nobody's going to run against him. Of course he's going to win unanimous presidency every time because anybody who runs against him, what happens to him? They are poisoned, they disappear, they are imprisoned, they, they, you know, it's like, a, 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 is that what we want in this country? Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I've had shivers up my spine when that Chinese president said he was going to have no more elections in China, he was going to be president for life. President for life. 
and a certain politician in this country stood on the podium and said, well, he's a strong man and the Chinese people like him and I think it's a good thing he wants to be uh, president for life. In fact, he said, I think maybe that's what we need here in America. Yeah. Since shit was up my spine. Our whole country was founded on the uh, foundation of getting away from a tyrant. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So anyway, the Ukrainian people, I, I can't say enough about you. Uh, continue to fight and anything that we can do uh, as Americans I'm sure we would be willing we should be willing to to suffer ourselves in the cause of freedom because if we don't the world is going to be in big trouble later and there's one thing I would like to add to this as well there are a lot of people politicians as well as outspoken folks um, in our country that are saying that what's happening in Ukraine is the West fault saying that you know NATO expansion is the reason why this is happening. Speaking like this, and there's a lot of situations in the past 30 or so years that have come from this line of thinking, each nation is able to make their own decisions. There's this idea that the West or the U.S. or whatever the case may be is what drives everything in the world and everything else is reactionary. That's such a simplistic view of the world, you know? Um, look, Ukraine wants to be a part of NATO. They want to be a part of this defensive treaty. It's not an offensive treaty. And, you know, Russia has its concerns. I understand that. But to say that there's not steps, that we force this hand, that it's our fault that these, there are cities being bombed right now, indiscriminate of whether they're civilian or military targets, and that this, that's the West's fault, I think you need to take a look at... Read some history. Read yeah. oh, some God. of what's really going on in the country. Pay attention to those social media posts. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Because for you to say that is it's a very simplistic way to look at the world. The West, while it does have its influence, we are not dictating what other people are doing. No, no. Um, there's a whole segment of the country that is blame America for everything anyway. Small segment, but very yeah, outspoken yeah, segment. A small segment, but very vocal, and therefore... Since uh, they, uh, how do you, how you say they, their whole business is lies. They are dangerous. But what's most important is hey, Ukraine, you folks are doing really well. Uh, you make me proud to be American. You make me proud to be uh, in support of democracy. And any way that we can help out, the best we can, we will. And right now, I guess uh, we're going to end this here little, little uh, podcast here. Uh, this song, I'd like to get you to do one more song, son. I can do that for you. I know exactly which one we're going to do. This song, I think, can help represent the solidarity that we have with Ukraine. Um, we have with all, all countries who have freedom and democracy and evident self-rights at the forefront of their thoughts. Um, I think it's really important that, uh, especially in these times, we remind us that we're not here alone. We're together. And uh, together we are stronger than the sum of our parts. Oh, yeah. There are some things that we got to stand together with. Thank you.
Actually, this is Cowboy Johnny style. <laughs> I tell you. to know that I've been in semi-retirement for well over 20 years. I show up once in a while. I play. I do these 28 state tours around the country. I do all this stuff. But if you want to catch me in California, there's only a couple of places that I'm at and on any kind of a regular basis. And one of them I'm going to tell you about right now. Bonton Elroy's Lighthouse Smokehouse. Monterey, California, Lighthouse Avenue. I'm there every second Saturday of the month. I'm gonna be there uh, this Saturday. I'm gonna be there every second Saturday of the month. From seven to 10, I come in and I just do my alligator thing, the fiddle and the zydeco and the blues and the country and all of the stuff that I like, the reggae music, of course. 
Um, and also, you can catch me from time to time at the Tall Man Hotel in Upper Lake, California. That's another one of my pet projects that I really like. And I jump at every opportunity to go up there and, and do a performance. That's the Tall Man Hotel in Upper Lake, California. Look there, uh, sign up, and check out the Blue Ring Saloon. I did a Mardi Gras party there the 28th of February uh, that was uh, fun. So anyway, I guess that's just about it right now. We're going to put out another one of these in a couple of weeks. You will be hearing more from, from Cowboy Donnie. Um, and let's just say that uh, once again, the Ukrainian situation, we got this to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.